Hey, what's up everybody? This is Ryan from the Dual Shocker Shopcast. Just wanted to give a quick disclaimer before this week's show that as we do record the episodes live through Twitch every week, sometimes we run into some technical issues. Uh, in this case, unfortunately, we did have some slight issues with Skype and our recording this week. Uh, it crashed a little bit and we had some issues with some of our guest microphones. This is something that we have edited out in this episode just to remove some of the pauses and things like that. There were some things we couldn't completely fix, so we apologize in advance that uh, this week's recording may have some slight issues, but we will obviously fix that for the next episodes coming up and as always thank you for listening enjoy this week's show What's up? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shotcast. I am your host, not Luke Intaldi. Uh, I am Ryan, and I am filling in for Lou for this week. Uh, he is out doing important things, trying to get a job, trying to start a new life. Uh, we don't really know who does that, but, uh, you know, we're going to keep on talking about video games, as we always do. So if Lou misses out, that's his fault. Uh, so joining me for this week, we have the one and only Chris Conlon. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe there are more Chris Conlins out there. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, we've also got Steven Santana with us as well. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I don't think you guys are coming through, so I may have to take off my headphones. So anyway, um, so we're going to move ahead with our topic. Uh, so basically, uh, for this week's show, as the title says, that we're going to be talking about Pokemon Go and catching them all. Uh, as Chris and I have probably lost a lot of our life to playing this game, Pokemon Go, over the last uh, week or so. Um, so first, before we dive into that, we're going to talk quickly about uh, what we've been playing. So, uh, Chris, do you want to start off first, what you've been playing? Yeah, so I've been playing all of the Pokemans. Uh, <laughs> I've literally been playing Pokemon Go almost nonstop, and from playing uh, Pokemon Go, it's got me back into playing uh, both X and Y and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire because I have a problem and someone should help me. I don't know who that someone would be. Uh, hopefully my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Just rip me away from this element. <laughs> she, she's gonna sit you down for an intervention. <laughs> well, we did we did have written down in our show notes that uh, Chris has been playing all sorts of Pokemans, uh, which is the appropriate response. So, uh, Stephen, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing The Witcher 3, been trying to complete the main quest because I did purchase the DLC recently, and I really want to get to that. Uh, it's been on my mind for a while just because I put it down last year, and then Summer has been pretty slow this year besides reviewing uh, every now and then. So I've been trying to just really push through and finish The Witcher finally. Yeah, me too. I've actually That's also what I've been playing lately is uh, The Witcher 3. I finally finished uh, The Witcher 1 and 2 after uh, what seemed like hundreds of hours. Uh, it wasn't actually that long, but it uh, did take a while at least. Um, but anyway, so now uh, just a quick couple quick plugs before we uh, go into our topic. Um, so you, we had your uh, Stephen, we had your state uh, the PlayStation Vita state of the PlayStation Vita is strong editorial go up, uh, which was just kind of a, kind of a call to arms for PlayStation Vita owners saying it's okay guys you have a Vita you're awesome. Um, do you want to just talk about that really quick? 
Uh, yeah, it was mostly in response to after E3 and, of course, the absence of the Vita from E3, which was disappointing, to say the least. Uh, a lot of people were talking about how, oh, the Vita's dead, blah, 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 the usual type of discussions that we've been having since 2012. Uh, and I was looking through like a bunch of different like release calendars for the year of 2016 and looking and seeing to try and find like what games are coming to Vita. And there, there actually are a lot. Like There's over 80 games coming for this year. A lot of them have already released, and a lot of them have been really good, uh, like Severed. And I mean, XCOM 2, or not XCOM 2, XCOM Plus, which came to Vita, like, the textures are awful. They're very low res. But the game actually runs pretty well for being a like console and PC game running on this handheld hardware. Um, so it was just more in response of, like, people, calm down. The Vita's not dead. The Vita's actually doing really well. If you own a Vita, you're probably very happy with all the games that are coming to it. So that was mostly the reason of why I wanted to write about that. Yeah, of course. Uh, even though, as uh, Colin and Greg of Kind of Funny say, that there's this little place called Vita Island where all the Vita owners kind of stay. So obviously, uh, for Vita owners, it's a very special place. There aren't many of us there, but it's enjoyable. Um, okay. So we had that, and then I also did a, a preview of The Culling, which, uh, for those that don't know, a lot of people say is basically the Hunger Games, the game. Because uh, it's pretty much the, the idea is it's a uh, early access game where it's uh, 16 players that get, so get, get sort of put on a tropical island with a bunch of weapons and they have to go kill each other and you have to try and do it within uh, a very short amount of time there's a lot of crafting involved it's very much like a, a multiplayer sort of uh, survival game um, so we'll be seeing more of that game definitely through uh, the rest of the year I'm sure as they hopefully get to uh, a full release this year next year at some point uh, you, my preview of that uh, it's it's fun it's a really cool title worth checking out uh, I'm not normally a person that does a lot of uh, early access games uh, but it's definitely one worth checking out um, so with that, we're going to move into our topic of the show, which is uh, Pokemon Go. Is that the name of it? Right, Chris? Is... <laughs> uh, it's, it's the Pokemans. Pokemans Go. The Pokemans Go. Uh, so the topic of the show is Catching Them All and Pokemon Go. And uh, basically what we're going to talk about is, uh, is Pokemon Go, which is the new mobile game that if you haven't seen people going around and uh, with their phones looking like a bunch of zombies, then you probably haven't been outside much lately because it's been kind of all the craze. Uh, so Pokemon Go is the new mobile app that came out uh, from Nintendo and developer Niantic, who they also made uh, Ingress, which was kind of the kind of the model for this game. Uh, and it's basically an alternate reality um, uh, mobile game where you go around and you can catch Pokemon in real life is kind of the the main gist of it. Um, so uh, Chris, do you want to just talk a little bit more about the game and sort of how you play it and all that? So it's a game that forces you to actually get up and go out of your house and walk around to play it. It's, it's really fun, um, except when you ask my legs after the first day I played it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have legitimately walked more in the last, what, three, four days this game has been out than I've walked in the last six years of my life. Uh, but essentially, you get a certain <laughs> amount of Pokeballs, um, you walk around, you catch Pokemon by just kind of flicking your screen up and trying to actually hit them with the Pokeball. Hopefully it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then after catching enough Pokemon, you can evolve them with candies you get from them. And if you give them back to the professor, the Pokemon turn into candies. It's kind of like this weird Majin Buu effect. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to question it because <laughs> it's fun. It is, yeah. It's definitely it's a very simple game because uh, it's pretty much, I, I think... Um... 
you know the the game itself is very simple and it's not you know there's uh there's not really much to it right now uh all you can really do is you can catch pokemon and then you can do battles which is basically you can go to different um they're called pokestops which are uh, the game is based on google maps so it's basically the game reads your gps location from your phone and then as you're playing you see yourself on this map and there are different uh, spots you can go to that are different like landmarks uh, they could be restaurants, they could be uh, hospital, you know, they could be schools, parks. Uh, in some cases, they can be funeral homes. They can be places <laughs> that you shouldn't really go into. I've um, seen so many churches be Pokestops that it's like, I think they're just trying to lure people in, like, come, come back to church on Sunday. <laughs> they're trying to lure you into the, the church of Pokemon. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but basically, then at the Pokestops, you can get different items. So you can get things like Pokeballs, you can get potions, revives, eggs, things like that. And then there are also gyms, which are kind of these points that you uh, try to take over. So you uh, evolve and level up your Pokemon. And uh, if you get duplicates, you can get them. You can trade them in for the candies that make your other Pokemon stronger. Um, so it's this interesting kind of thing where you see all these different gyms that are around in your area, and you can be like, oh, hey, I'm going to roll up and take over that gym. But then you roll up and you see there's like a Jolteon that has a level, uh, a combat power of like 2,000. You're like, I will never beat that, so you will uh, take that for now. Um, so, uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I want to share a quick story about gyms, because uh, first of all, do as I say, not as I do. Do you want Pokemon Go and Drive? With that being said, so I was driving back home after work today, and uh, there's a restaurant up the block from my house that just happens to be a gym. So I wanted to check out and see what was running it. And the Pokemon weren't that strong. And I was like, awesome. When I get close enough, I'm going to pull over on the side of the road. I'm going to beat that gym and take it. So all of a sudden, I noticed that the gym was being attacked. Because you can actually see that on the map. So I was like, oh, this is going to be good. The gym gets beaten and becomes vacated. And before the guy who beat it took it over, slapped my Vaporeon in there. Gym <laughs> mine now. Balls in your court, sir. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some uh, been some interesting stories going around the internet so far that uh, we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but things like I even just saw an article today about uh, a person that got into a car accident uh, from playing Pokemon Go, which is obviously it was bound to happen. Uh, it's very unfortunate, but I think it is a good message that uh, don't drive in Pokemon Go, just whatever you do. Um, so, Stephen, uh, so Chris and I have been playing the game. I know you said you haven't really been playing it yet. Um, have you seen people playing it? What's sort of been your thoughts on the game so far? Uh, I have three friends who play it, and they've been doing nothing else but playing it. Uh, <laughs> so I've been I've been experiencing it vicariously through them. Uh, it it just it doesn't appeal to me in that it seems like it's a little bit of a grind where to get the candies you have to either catch Pokemon and turn them in, or just kind of like find them, I guess. Uh, but like that's basically how you evolve the Pokemon is through the candy, right? Um, yeah, that, that's one way to do it, is that basically you get the candies uh, as you catch Pokemon, and then when you get duplicates, uh, what you can do is called transferring, where you uh, you basically you turn them into your professor. Professor Willow? Is that the name of the guy, Chris? Uh, something like that. It's, yeah. Um, I literally see him once, and then he's gone, so I don't care about him anymore. <laughs> mostly, yeah. Um, but then with the duplicate Pokemon that you get, uh, you can turn them into candies, uh, which I don't even want to think about that, because that sounds horrific, to be turning Pokemon into candy. Um, Boo, we are living Dragon Ball Z Go with ba monsters. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so, which is, you know, which on one hand is like, it's, um, you know, it is a little bit of a grind because in order to evolve, I think in order to evolve most Pokemon to like their second form, it's like 25 candies and then like the higher level ones are like 50. So it is going to take a long time. 
Um, but also the good thing is when you have like 10,000 Zubats that you can catch, you can actually put them to good practical use like I have. Because for some reason, my apartment has been littered with Doduos, where apparently instead of cockroaches or like pigeons or rats, I just have Doduos all over the place. And then my office building is all Zubats right now. It's basically just Zubats everywhere. Um, so yeah, there, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of cool things with Pokemon Go where like uh, like you guys kind of brought up where there's a lot of these social interaction elements going on um, where basically even though the game itself is kind of simple and doesn't really have a lot to it other than just capturing Pokemon and taking gyms and stuff, it's crazy how uh, how big the game has gotten so far because uh, basically my office building it's like funny where I've heard for the last week just people nonstop talking about the game playing the game I see people wandering the the halls like this trying to catch pokemon uh it's been really great um so and then also too is um like i like i live in new york so uh i've been getting a lot of things on facebook where it's people setting up uh meetup groups so they're setting up places in like bryant park central park that are doing these giant groups and i think the central park one had like hundreds if not maybe thousands of people going so it's like it's getting pretty crazy um and then uh, another thing coming through too was there was uh, some recent news I think actually today saying that there was talk of some uh, sponsored Pokestops so uh, businesses and things like that might be able to hold uh, so McDonald's for example is one that's been brought up where uh, businesses might be able to set up Pokestops that they can sponsor people to come and, uh, and play the game and do events and things like that yeah I honestly think the coolest thing I've seen so far like regarding businesses with Pokemon Go is like I've seen pictures that are like oh prove you're a part of Team Mystic and we'll yeah. give you 5% off, uh, it was like, I think 5% off of like your total bill for uh, a bar. There was another one that was like, hey, prove you put up a lure in front of our, uh, in front of our cafe. We'll give you $5 off of your, uh, off of your bill. It's, it's just a really cool thing that's kind of swept up this world. And it's so crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. That is one of the other aspects, sort of, of the game too. Is that the, uh, once you get to level five in the game, you can you can uh, join into teams. Uh, so there's basically three different ones. There's uh, red, blue, and yellow, which are also known as Team Valor, uh, Team Mystic, and the best team to be on, which is Team Instinct, obviously. Uh, oh, of course, there's <laughs> only one choice. It is. It's it not, is. <laughs> it's not three, really. Just Instinct. Or, yeah. You know, pick a bad color. And um, so they're kind of based on the legendary birds. So Team Valor is Moltres, uh, Mystic is Articuno, and uh, Zapdos is uh, Instinct. Uh, which is another interesting part of the game too, is that online and in person, there are all these kind of interesting, like, I think the best way to describe it is kind of like West Side Story, where there's these little, like, <laughs> there's like these, like, not quite gangs, but, you know, these, like, groups of people that are very fervently, uh, you know, defending their turf and their, 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 you know, their other team members and stuff like that, which is pretty funny. Um, so yeah, um, so aside from the uh, a lot of the benefits of Pokemon Go, where there's all these like um, you know uh, it's promoting people to go out and explore, uh, in some cases get exercise, which is pretty good, uh, interact with others. Uh, there have been some uh, some problems with Pokemon Go so far, um, especially the app when it first came out had a lot of issues with crashing and freezing. Uh, they've been updating it pretty frequently. I think pretty much every day that I've played it, they've uh, been updating it for bug fixes and things like that. Yeah, they finally released the first one for Android too, as well. Yeah, 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 and um, but yeah, then there have been some other concerns of uh, 
like privacy and safety. Uh, so for example, for uh, because there are all these these Pokestops that are all public places, so they're things like parks, they're like restaurants, things like that. Uh, like Chris said, there are some places that are embracing it, but there are also some places that are uh, not as much embracing it with people going around wanting to get Pokemon. Uh, so one example was, I think there was, uh, I forget where, but there was this Holocaust museum, I believe somewhere in, in, in Europe maybe, or maybe in the US, um, trying to get removed from Google Maps because they keep having people come in and catching Pokemon in a place that you probably shouldn't really catch Pokemon in. It's kind of a, a more, you know, serious place. So, uh, Steven, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was uh, somewhere in the U.S., but yeah, I, I saw multiple pictures of the notice that people put up where it's like, please, please stop coming in here with your iPhones going everywhere. This is like a museum for like something that was awful, like stop, stop using it as a location to catch Pokemon. <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah, no, humanity can sometimes be not that great. <laughs> humanity can sometimes not be not that great and we continue to not be that great it, yeah 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 there um, have been some there have been some pretty great articles about um pokemon showing up in some very interesting places so there was one with like a funeral home i think there was one there was one where someone's wife was giving birth and they were catching pokemon uh so yeah chris have you heard any crazy pokemon ghost stories or seen anything crazy going on yet so i have two favorite ones both of them involve haunter and ghastly um <laughs> One of them is, so there's an area, uh, I live on Staten Island, New York. In Staten Island, New York, there's an area called the Conference House, which is, like, super old. It was back during the, uh, I think it was during the Revolutionary War is when it was important, I think. Um, and it is widely believed to be haunted, regardless of whether or not believe in that stuff. My friend caught a haunter at the Conference House at night, which is hilarious to me. Um, the one that's hilarious and super touchy <laughs> is um, I saw a, a picture online of someone who was in a hospital bed, and it, the person was the one who posted the picture. The person in the hospital bed, and uh, they were catching a ghastly on top of themselves in their hospital bed, and they were just like, "I think Pokemon Go is trying to tell me something right now." <laughs> I saw that one as well. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think. Um... Uh, Steven, so like uh, Chris and I are in roughly like near the same areas and whatnot. Uh, Steven, have you seen a lot of people in uh, uh, in Vegas around that area playing and has it been busy? Uh, well, if you go out for longer than half an hour, you'll probably die from a heat stroke here. But <laughs> I have seen uh, meetup groups at Sunset Park, which is the largest park in Las Vegas area. Uh, and it has a lake as well as grass and also a desert area. So it's prime, you know, location for the different types of Pokemon you can catch. Uh, I've seen a lot of like, my friends will like, kind of like show that they're interested in the meetups and whatnot. Um, I haven't personally like seen while I'm driving to and from work, uh, people like on the side of the road going and doing stuff. But I have seen a lot of like Twitter stuff from friends that I have who live around the area talking about how like they've been meeting up with different people at like Pokestops or like fast food restaurants or like just right, you know, regular random places that happen to spawn a Pokestop or not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting uh, seeing the whole reaction to it. Uh, I would have never guessed like two weeks ago that Pokemon Go would have become such a gigantic conversation for pretty much everyone, even if you're not into video games. It's extended beyond that to like where like mainstream media is like covering it and people like my parents are talking about it for some reason. Like it's very strange how far it's gotten. 
Yeah, for sure. I've uh, I actually I saw some funny articles about uh, one of the major news stations doing a report on Pokemon Go, and they did this report with uh, one of their anchors in Central Park, and they had these like CG Pokemon that came on, but they were like slightly deformed versions because I guess they couldn't use the actual Pokemon for <laughs> copyright reasons, and they looked like Pokemon that looked like they would come out of a, uh, a drug trip. Uh, <laughs> is the the best way to put it. Um, so yeah, it, that was entertaining. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Pokemon Go has been a a huge mainstream success so far and like you said Steven it's getting a lot of um, mainstream coverage and things like that um, so I think uh, just a couple quick facts so the game came out last week uh, for America uh, for the US and Australia I think on July 6th and now it's starting to roll out in other territories I think it's going to Europe Germany and some other places um, it's already uh, exceeded numbers I think on tinder uh, which is interesting so now po Pokemon Go is apparently the new dating app of choice for most places uh, and it's also reached near the daily active users as Twitter, uh, which is pretty big when you consider how many people use Twitter every day. Mm -hmm. um, now, I think the the uh, interesting thing is going to see how long Pokemon Go sticks, because there's, I think, the potential for it to either uh, stay on for a, a little while, or it could just, by next week, everyone will forget about it. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Do you think this is a, a fad? Is this going to be something that you think we'll see later on this year? Is it a fad or a phenomenon? What do you guys I'll think? Let Steven feel that. Okay. I'm interested to see. It. I'm interested to see the non-Pokemon fans. Well, non-Pokemon Go fans' perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Steven. Uh, I think it, the it, it depends on how Niantic or Niantic, however you pronounce that. Niantic, uh, they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how they approach it. So if they constantly update it and bring interesting and new features into this that keep people engaged, it will probably continue for a while because there is a large wealth of Pokemon. To draw from because right now I mean they don't even have the original 151 it's a limited uh, quantity of that right I think it's 146 so it's most of them okay is it, is it only 146 I think that's the number that I've read um, it's based on the, the original 150 so it's the first mm -hmm. generation uh, or 151 but it's not all of I, them I, I know we got data mined recently and I know people found the image from YouTube I guess they're probably I think the legendaries are gonna want to public events yeah I think that makes the most sense is I think they're probably gonna save those Pokemon for you know special events and things like that yeah yeah um, but yeah I think it'll depend on what they do uh, they have talked about how they're bringing in trading uh, how they're gonna be bringing in a bunch of the features that were kind of teased in that trailer that was like a year ago that didn't even show really the game itself it was more like a, it, it felt like more of like a concept trailer but I, it would be interesting to see if they bring that into it, if they actually bring real battles into it, because Pokemon, a majority of the gameplay for me, uh, the fun that I got from it was, one, collecting and evolving to find new Pokemon and their new forms, which you do in Pokemon Go, but also the other aspect, which was using their different moves and kind of like the RPG light system. So if they could actually implement that into Pokemon Go, that would be very interesting. But yeah, it'll be weird, because Mitomo was also another Nintendo app that was super popular, but it died out pretty quickly because there there wasn't much there to do. Uh, so right now with Pokemon Go, it seems like once people reach the limit of all the Pokemon that they've already caught, there's not much to do with that besides take over a gym, which will eventually cater only to the people who grind a lot to raise their combat ability. But if they continue to update it, I think it actually probably could go on for a while. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, because um, it's interesting, I think, with Niantic having worked on Ingress before, and Ingress was a very similar sort of ultra, uh, augmented reality type game. Um, but obviously, like, Ingress, I think, reached a pretty decent number of people. It reached, I think, like about 1 million players or something like that. Um, but obviously, Pokemon Go has been a, I, 
presumably a way bigger uh you know success so far and obviously a lot of that has to do with the brand is that pokemon is a very um you know is a huge huge mainstream brand um and going with the original 151 is obviously a good uh sort of ploy because then it goes for the people that you know played pokemon 10 20 years ago who you know have that nostalgic pull um which is why i'm sure i think later on down the line we'll definitely get more uh, we'll get, you know, some of the other generations of Pokemon probably put in. Um, but obviously going with the first 151 was kind of a good way to pull in people that, you know, my age or older that were like, oh, I played this when I was like 10. You know, now I can catch them in real life. Um, so, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, Pokemon Go? And will it stick around? Will it be forgotten in a week? So it's weird for me to say this as, like, the biggest Pokemon fan on the podcast. I think it's going to die. Um, only because when you look at... Uh, like, obviously it has such a huge, huge number of downloads at this point, because like you said, it's it's huge on nostalgia because they did the original 151, but in the end, it really comes down to, it's pretty grindy. So, unless they lessen the grind, you're going to see a lot of people who are just casually picking it up because of the fact of nostalgia falling off. Uh, on top of that, that um, battling it, they physically can't put in the same kind of battling they put in the video games, mm -hmm. uh, well, in the mainstream games, because if you do that, what's the point of buying the actual game? Mm -hmm. You know, so they can't they can't hurt their own audience that way. Um, and when it comes to gym battles, like, they're going to need to do a lot to update it, because at this point, I've had pretty strong Pokemon uh, in Pokemon Go. My highest, I think, right now is like a 900 combat power, which isn't the, isn't the highest in the world, but it's significant. I have not been able to hold a gym for more than about three hours in this mm -hmm. game. And then the gym, people that beat me are super low level compared to what my people are. So I think unless they kind of retool the basics of how the game actually functions, personally, I don't think it's going to live. Yeah, I think I can agree in some sense that I think, um, you know, I think that it definitely um, will die out pretty quickly like you know in terms of you know there's a ton of people playing it right now but i think in a week that'll drop pretty significantly um but i feel like with the updates and you know they they've said that they're going to introduce trading they're gonna um i'm sure they'll probably do some adjustments to the battling system or gyms and stuff like that um, i still think there will be a very dedicated group that plays this um so i think in that sense we'll see it live more from like you know if there's like a hundred, like, I don't know, a hundred people, a hundred million people playing now, which is a ludicrous number, probably not that many, but maybe we'll see like by the time it dies down, maybe ten percent of that or something like that stay on. Um, I think we, yeah. I think we could likely see that. So I think the other problem that it has with it uh, that kind of popped into my head that I forgot to mention is once the actual main series game comes out, I think a lot of people who are big on Pokemon are going to just stop playing Pokemon Go altogether because once Sun and Moon comes out, I am not picking up that app. I can guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> I have another portable gaming system, so I'm going to play with that one, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, just to go through some of the comments in the chat really quick, uh, pretty much all of them from Dalo. Uh, so Dalo Arland said, uh, I, I haven't played Pokemon Go, but I have a friend that spent $200 on Pokemon Go for convenience, so oh, good geez. for you. Because um, basically there are, uh, like most mobile games, there are microtransactions, so you can buy things like, yeah, it's it's a given. Um, but honestly, like, I've pl been playing the game and having fun, but I haven't spent anything on microtransactions. It's just been, like, I think kind of like Chris, where it's like, I'll probably play this for a little while, but if there's not much new added to it, I think in the next 
weeks or so, I think I'm probably going to... I I don't really... I'll probably drop it. I'm not a huge mobile game person, but I feel like this is definitely the, the... the mobile game experience that I've probably played the most so far out of most mm-hmm. things that I've played. So it's definitely, um, definitely good. Um, and then Dalo also said, um, uh, he always said, I think my friend wants to be MLG or something. So that's probably why I spent that much money. Um, which I don't know. I, I feel like if you spend $200 on Pokemon Go, you might as well just get the regular Pokemon games because then you could be really no, MLG. It's, is... <laughs> it's going to be MLG Pokemon Go. There's a difference. He will take over all the gyms. He will be the very best. Basically, like no one ever was. the very best, yeah. like no one ever was. Yeah, of course. Two hundred dollars would probably get you a Nintendo 2DS and the Virtual Console titles for less than two hundred, I think. Oh yeah, even even like a hundred. That's like bare. That's like yeah. If you get a 2DS for like eighty dollars and then a game for ten, then you're you're golden. Um, yeah. He also said, uh, Dalla also said, my local park is a gym, so the local family have set a meetup to have their kids get together to keep them out of trouble, I think. Uh, it, and then he also said, I guess, regarding the whether the game will stick around. It basically comes down to the end game. Um, yeah, like Dalla Always. said, uh, there's a ton of uh, meetup groups I've been seeing. There's also some really cool initiatives I've been seeing. Uh, there was one with a uh, animal shelter where they're basically setting up uh, people to volunteer walking dogs. So while they're walking dogs, they can play the game and go catch Pokemon, things like that, which is a really interesting uh, initiative. So it's cool. I, I just don't know if I've ever seen a game like this that encouraged so much social interaction and going and exploring and things like that, which is really cool. Um, so I guess that leads into kind of our final questions on this topic, which is, um, do you think, uh, what do you guys think will be the effect of Pokemon Go uh, on Nintendo as a company? And then also on uh, just their their sort of mobile game initiative because now this is kind of their second big uh, mobile game after Mitomo came out earlier this year. Um, so anyway, I think with that we're gonna uh, move on from our Pokemon Go topic. Uh, we pretty much wrapped up from there, um, but a lot of good discussion. Uh, if you guys haven't already, definitely check out Pokemon Go. Uh, it's a really interesting, fun game. Uh, free to play, obviously. So if you want to just give it a try, you can you know always give it a try and delete it if you don't like it, etc. Um, it's so, free. It's free. Yeah, basically. Um, so now we're going to move on to our uh, 8-Bit Idiot segment, and for those that don't know, this is kind of our topic where we uh, sort of address issues and things like that in the gaming industry. Um, so this week's is uh, particularly one that's a little bit going between the relationships between publishers and uh, digital influencers, content creators, or as you might know them, YouTubers. Um, so basically the, the, uh, this week's 8-Bit Idiot is uh, focusing on Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, the uh, video game publisher that's done games like they published uh, The Witcher 3, um, Batman Arkham Knight, uh, Mad Max, they've done tons of things. Um, but there was some news recently where basically what happened was there was um, a settlement that was done with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, where basically Warner Brothers got in some, uh, some trouble for not disclosing uh, paid sponsorships for their game Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor that came out two years ago. Um, so just to give a little bit of background on this, Shadow of Mordor came out two years ago and uh, Warner Brothers had partnered with a lot of different uh, YouTube channels and YouTubers to help promote the game and create videos, so doing Let's Plays, things like that. Um, but what happened was that these were paid sponsorships on the part of the, um, the YouTubers they were partnering with and there was uh, either minimal disclosure or there wasn't clear enough disclosure about the these being sponsored promotions. Um, and these included some pretty big name, uh, you know, uh, YouTube channels like there was PewDiePie was in there and a bunch of others where supposedly they were for hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars. Um, and overall, those videos got more than 5.5 million views altogether from the ones there. 
Um, so just sort of first thoughts, what do you guys think about this and just sort of, um, you know, this, uh, this sort of topic? Isn't it like illegal to not disclose you've, <laughs> you've advertised something, like you've sponsored a thing? Last I checked, that was uh, a huge problem and that's why you have, what is it, those two people on Twitch who are currently being like sued over not disclosing their, uh, their gambling website for CSGO? Yeah, um, so that also does relate to this, where last week there was um, another issue with uh, their popular YouTubers known as Syndicate and T. Martin, who run um, this website called CSGO Lotto, which is a gambling site where uh, users can gamble uh, skins and cosmetic items they've earned for Counter-Strike GO. Um, and also, but they've, uh, they also run very popular YouTube channels and they didn't disclose that they were doing uh, videos for, this, uh, for their site, but weren't disclosing that they own the site. Um, so they're basically doing their own promotions, but they were pitching it sort of as, hey, we heard of this cool site where you can win blah, 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 blah. And it was their own site. So that was sort of the thing where it was more about them exploiting their, um, their fan base and things like that. Um, so yeah, Chris, did you want to continue what your, what your thoughts are on it? Yeah, I mean, like, I just don't understand why people just keep doing things that, last I checked, they're literally not allowed to do. And just be like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's, it's dumb. Um, I mean, in the end, regardless of whether you paid them or not, like, a bunch of people would have been playing Shadow of Mordor on YouTube. Um, we're in this weird sort of age where the, the Let's Players have become, like, sort of free advertisement, and, like, these guys, these guys got paid for it. Warner Brothers should have announced it. I'm not enraged about it, but, like, can we all just like kind of stick to things that have to be, you know, legal? Fortunately, not on the internet, at least. Is <laughs> uh, Stephen, what are your thoughts on this uh, on this topic so far? I mean, it's messed up. Like uh, being transparent is something you have to do. Uh, I mean, it's it's especially true for journalism, but also I believe for the YouTubers, it's something that they should be doing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just it, it it's just a problem because PewDiePie is a influencer literally for millions of people and him covering a game whether positive paid for sponsored or not usually equates to sales for that game uh, whether or not it's like something that he's actively trying to help or hurt um so like for one of our just to come out and be like hey we want to pay you thousands of dollars and oh just let the viewers know in the show more tab in the description it's like nobody clicks that nobody's going to look at that and the FTC found problems with it specifically with because uh, when you share them on Twitter, Facebook, and other websites, it wouldn't show it at all. It was impossible for somebody to find out that way unless they went to the source of the YouTube video. And even then, some of them didn't have it. Uh, it's just, it's really bad. It's, I mean, YouTube, the community is very young as far as like this type of stuff goes. Uh, a lot of the legal stuff hasn't been found out, which is why the whole CSGO scandal kind of didn't, like the, as far as like the consequences for that, there haven't really been any yet, because uh, it is kind of a gray area. But it was very interesting to hear that uh, Warner Brothers had to reach a settlement, which meant that they did pay uh, the FTC uh, probably a hefty fine for this because of how much money they put into it. So um, just just to clarify that, they actually did not uh, have to pay anything this time. Um, uh, from the reports that I've seen, I think um, they settled the complaint with FTC. Um, so pretty okay. much they got more of a slap on the wrist more than anything else. Um, but basically what Warner Brothers does have to do is they have to make sure with, um, so this was more of a warning than anything else. So they did not have to pay any legal fees, things like that. Um, but they do have to make sure to, uh, in the future, 
make sure that they're following uh, protocol for disclosing sponsorships and things like that. And uh, for those that don't know, in most YouTube videos, when you get uh, when they're sponsored, you usually try to put it up front that they're sponsored content, whether that's in the actual title of the video itself, the thumbnail, um, just in a way that's made that that uh, is very clear to the viewer that the video that they're watching is 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 paid for as a promotion. Mm -hmm. um, versus, I think what was happening with Warner Brothers, where that they. Um, they didn't uh, necessarily make it clear to viewers that it was that because, like you said, Stephen, they kind of put things. They they told um, the people that the YouTubers they were working with to put their um, the sponsorship, you know, sort of copy in the description. But like you said, most of the time it's kind of buried in there. It's not very easily viewed. Um, so that was more with the issue that um, the the FTC was having. Um, yeah, with I, that. it's um. I feel like it's a little bit more on the. Like, I feel like the outrage should be more directed at the YouTubers more so than Warner Brothers, just because it's like, Warner Brothers is a company who wants to get their game out there, so of course they're going to pay these people. But it's up to the people themselves who are actually making the videos and publishing them on their channel to put that clarification and that transparency in it. So it is kind of like, it is kind of weird that it's more like Warner Brothers is more of the focus of this, more so than it seems like PewDiePie and other people who just kind of like went out and was like, oh yeah, totally, it's an awesome game, I'm not going to talk about it negatively, and I'm not going to tell you why. Um, so I feel like it should be a little bit more angled towards the YouTubers themselves than Warner Brothers, even though it is still a pretty shitty thing for Warner Brothers to do. A little bit, yeah. I think the 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 focus on Warner Brothers more has to do that with these promotions. They uh, for Shadow Mordor specifically, um, they had to promote the game in a positive light and couldn't mm -hmm. uh, reflect on any of the negative aspects, so any bugs, glitches, things like that. So I think that, uh, rightly so, I think the blame should be a little bit more on Warner Brothers since they're the ones that were, um, that were you know, putting the promotions in place. They were the ones that were telling uh, these uh, people they were partnering with what to do. And so if they didn't make it clear, I think that the, I think the fault necessarily falls a little bit more at Warner Brothers than the YouTubers. But I think you know, the, the people they are working with also had, a, had um, you know, as much responsibility as well to make sure the content they're putting out there is sponsored. Um, you know, but we won't, I don't think we need to go back and forth and saying who's, you know, overall, this has been settled. Um, so hopefully Warner Brothers will know uh, next time not to do this. Um, but just as a quick couple questions, um, does this make you uh, sort of distrust content that's coming from popular YouTubers or content creators? Um, so what do you guys think is sort of the line between these people that are producing entertainment, but also um, marketing and promoting for, uh, potentially marketing or promoting for companies? Uh, Chris, what do you think? It doesn't really affect me, like, trusting them, you know, like, because in the end, I get to watch the gameplay myself and kind of take it for what it is. If it's someone like PewDiePie, uh, one, I don't watch it because I have a soul, uh, but two, his videos are heavily, heavily edited and, like, it's all really, like, chopped up. I would never try and bait a game off of what I saw from him, but if I saw someone who's doing, like, a Let's Play that, you know, part one is, like, 30 minutes and it's complete like you could tell almost unedited footage I would I would I would trust them more um, but at the same time like most I don't know it's kind of weird because most people I, I watch are straight out just so honest with everything like every loot crate unboxing that I've ever watched in my life the people are like yeah if you sign up using my code I'll get money for it <laughs> just being blunt and like honest with them. so I mean I, I never trust like the top echelon people. Like I trust them about as far as I can tr throw them. But you know, maybe on like the lower end people, like kind of like the mid tier LPers, I'll still trust what I see from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Stephen, what do you think? 
Uh, it doesn't really affect me personally. I'm kind of I don't really watch YouTube people that much at all. Uh, there's like very few channels that I follow closely, uh, and it just I don't know. I've always kind of viewed the whole like popular YouTube thing as very much yellow journalism, where it's all about all cap uh, titles with lots of exclamation marks, a lot of hey, watch my thing. It's really funny. Give me money. Um, like I've always kind of already viewed it as that, so this kind of just confirms that. Uh, opinion already so yeah yeah for sure um yeah but i think i think it is just something that we do have to keep um that will be interesting to see as this goes because we've already seen that there has been i think a much greater focus on um you know game publishers working with uh popular content creators or digital influencers as they're called uh as i work in marketing that's kind of what we what we call them or digital influencers um, you know, because they are these people that have, uh, you know, millions of followers, like PewDiePie, who has, you know, over 40 million, uh, Markiplier, who's up there in, in, like, the tens of millions or so, that, you know, people that do have incredibly huge followings, and, um, you know, but we have to see, I guess, how these, how these promotions work out when working with people like that, um, you know, and sort of what that line is between, uh, entertainment and also promotion, and, but also making it clear that it's promotion. Yeah, this um, isn't the first of not going to be the last i can guarantee it <laughs> yeah no for sure it's it's definitely happened before but these are definitely in the case of both of this with warner brothers and also with um the whole uh counter-strike go the lotto mm. uh, site and all these are just very uh and they just happen to be pretty close to each other these are both very sort of high profile examples of that yeah um, yeah this is definitely going to happen more as well because um i think uh I, I forget where i read it but there was something uh something i saw on twitter i'm passing from other people i, I watch on twitch where it's an actual, um, people starting to actually make statistics for games that are like consistently streamed by higher streamers, and they're actually showing that they are doing much, much better after people start picking up a Twitch following on them. So, we, if you already have like millions of views on YouTube, now you're gonna have statistics backing up the like, influence that a website like Twitch and YouTube can even have on them, which, mm -hmm. So you're definitely going to see this happening a lot more. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, because that definitely happens where there are games that get covered by people like PewDiePie or Markiplier, and their sales just jump up because they've got even if it's a, even a, even if it's not a great game, it gets sales because it's been covered and has been viewed by millions of people. Um, and I think also, especially just because we've seen a lot of bigger companies sort of dip their toes into marketing with uh, either with or, or sort of producing content that would be similar like that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw last year, but when uh, EA was marketing for uh, Star Wars Battlefront, they were producing a lot of Let's Play style videos that they were releasing mostly through social media. Um, so basically they would produce these shortest short clips of, uh, you know, popular YouTubers and streamers uh, making clips of them playing Battlefront and doing all these like crazy ridiculous things. Um, that also happened with Far Cry Primal earlier this year, where there were a bunch of really ridiculous kind of funny clips of like, oh, I just, you know, uh, I just jumped off a mammoth and just rode a saber-toothed tiger and did all these like crazy nonsense uh, that they were sharing through social media with by partnering with a lot of these, um, you know, content creators and stuff like that. Mm. It, it even goes back to, and because I always have to mention it at some point during the stream, uh, Bungie with the, what all of Destiny's like content releases, I think since House of Wolves, they've streamed the releases and like, oh, these are the new features on Twitch. Like, it, it's not just like a coincidence that people are starting to take everything that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, any final thoughts before we wrap on this? No. No? Okay. All right. Yeah, I think we're yeah, gonna... yeah. What's that? 
<laughs> Alright, uh, so from that we're going to move on uh, We'll move on from our Epip Idiot and We'll go into the uh, the upcoming game releases For the for the month of July uh, Obviously not too much, but there's still a pretty decent amount uh, July tends to be a little bit of a Slower point in the year um, But so far, so for today actually We had uh, Video Ball on PS4 And Daydreamer Awakened Edition on PS4 uh, and Then moving on to the rest of the week We've got uh, Infinium Strike For PC and PS4 Chroma Blast for Wii U Muvlove for PC, Broken Bots for PS4, Monster Hunter Generations 3DS, which I believe we will be doing a review of, uh, Obliteracers for PS4 and Xbox One, uh, Adrift for PS4, uh, which I actually just played on PC last week. It's a good game. It's definitely worth checking mm -hmm. out. Uh, MX versus ATV, Supercross Encore for Xbox One, Indigo Prophecy for PS4, 10 Second mm -hmm. Ninja for PS4, Ark Survival of the Fittest for PS4. Uh, there's a trend of PS4 games here, in case you aren't weren't aware. Uh, <laughs> I am set. I out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is the uh, Survival of the Fittest is the standalone like survival game rather than like the regular art game. Um, Thanks, Yeah, sorry. Uh, I killed your name. <laughs> uh, we have I am Setsuna for PC and PS4, which I know a lot of people are very uh, very excited about. Steven especially seems very excited for it. Uh, we've got yeah, we've got Galgan Double Piece for PS4 and Vita, Killstrain for PS4. Tumblestone for Wii U, Neverwinter for PS4, Lifeless Planet Premier Edition for PS4. Uh, that's it for the new release, for the uh, upcoming games. And with that, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, so our social media and site plugs, if you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as DualShockers. On YouTube, we are DSTV Originals, so you can watch all our awesome videos, like these episodes of the Shopcast uh, over there. And you can also... Um, Subscribe to our channel and uh, check us out there for more. Uh, on You can uh, follow us on Twitch here at DualShockers Live, and you can also watch the Shockcast live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Wednesday. Uh, and then finally, for everything else that isn't social media, you can find us on DualShockers.com for our round-the-clock news coverage of reviews, features, editorials, and more of that good stuff. Thank you all for watching. We're going to sign off here. Uh, thank you also for being patient with us with our technical difficulties a little here, which I think we are actually having now. So I yeah, think... I've become uh, part of Stephen's face and I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Chris has now become a, a circle with the letter CC in it. Uh, so I think that's our cue to wrap up. Uh, yeah, so you can find that's... you can find me over on Twitter at just my name. It's Ryan Meitzler. Uh, Chris, what's your Twitter signature? find me uh, at Mr. Moximans. I am posting tons of hilarious Pokemon Go GIFs. Alright, if you want to uh, <laughs> experience the ultimate metagame of Pokemon Go and watch Pokemon GIFs while playing Pokemon Go, uh, go to Chris's Twitch, uh, Twitter, Twitter page. Um, and then, Steven, where can we find you? Uh, I'm at number 8 Axel, N-O, the number 8, and then Axel. Alright. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, thanks again for being patient with us as we uh, have just had our computers explode and technical issues abound. Uh, thank you all for watching, and we'll see you again next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys.